Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Kevin Kelly, and you're listening to the Attitude Era podcast. The big question is, will there be a scratch logo? Will I have a cool denim shirt? Or maybe my awesome Raw's War jacket? Either way, you know it's all about the Attitude Era right here on the Attitude Era podcast. Welcome to the Attitude Era Podcast, Bono Episode Fantabaganza Special Edition, and there are wedding bells in the air. Hello everyone, once again, I'm Kevin Mahan, joined with this special review of the episode of Raw featuring Stephanie and Tess' wedding. It's Mr. Billy Cable, the baddest man on the planet. Hello. Hello. Are you looking forward to, to watching some more Raw? Yeah, I am. I really enjoyed it when we uh, watched the Raw a couple of months ago where uh, Mick won the title. It's a completely different beast, Raw, to the pay-per-views, as we found out. So, I mean, we'll have a lot of angles, very little wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> we have to mention, of course, at the top of the hour, Billy, uh, the intro there from Mr. Kevin Kelly. Yes, I think it's definitely the best intro we've had so far. I'm very happy. He's he's had some stiff competition, man. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much, Kevin Kelly. Uh, the guys from the Place to Be Nation over Pilot and Wrestling on organised that. Thank Thank you so much guys Kevin Kelly massive fans obviously yeah, yeah when I first heard it for the first time I kind of marked out a little bit he, I wasn't expecting to mark out like you said oh here's the thing that Kevin Kelly did for us and I was just like oh my goodness he, he, he did a delightful he thing he did a wonderful job yeah actually Mr. Kelly has got his own podcast you can check that out as well the Kevin Kelly show check that out with the place to be nation but yeah moving onwards we have got a wedding on our hands this was for me and for many fans of, of kind of my age group uh, who would have been, you know, growing up during the Attitude Era? This is one of the big angles of the uh, of the 1999, really, and it's one which hooked a lot of people. And I thought it was important enough, and you know, I enjoyed it so much. Maybe it's, it's funny enough. It's funny enough that yeah, we, we'd recap this entire episode. Wrestling weddings. Are you familiar with? I mean, how many wrestling weddings had you seen before tonight's episode? Villa? Before this episode, I'd seen the wedding episode of. Not that it was really an episode dedicated to it, but Daniel Bryan and AJ. That was at Raw 1000, wasn't it? Yeah, and... <laughs> it made no sense! It made no sense at all. I can't marry you. I'm the general manager. Yeah. And as we all know, general managers must take a vow of celibacy, which is why William Regal had to leave the post. <laughs> <laughs> and then the only other one I saw was Goldust Aksana. Oh, um, yeah, on, on NXT. NXT. God, that's an obscure one. God. Yeah. yeah, no, it's really weird to think that on NXT, Goldust, who we were big fans of, married Aksana, and the ceremony was uh, resided over by the million-dollar man, yeah, Ted DiBiase. A green card marriage as well. Yes, basically. Um, it was it was, a, it was a swerve, the whole thing, but that really does sound like an angle that Universe Mode in 2K14 would turn out really yeah. And million-dollar man is the, is the priest. I thought for the longest time that the first wrestling wedding was the one with uh, Uncle Elmer, you know, the, the hill Billy's back at Saturday main event, but you actually found an earlier wrestling. Yeah, wedding. I found an earlier one, which I I, I I don't know if it is in fact the first. I but, think this might actually be the first. But it could be. It's between uh, Paul Vachon and he married uh, Ophelia. Yeah, so Paul Vachon of the uh, Fighting Vachon family, of which you're obviously a massive yes. fan, like so. Uh, but the the just the couple of lines of description for this <laughs> this wedding 
uh, it just really, really made me laugh. Because the other ones, some of the other ones on the list, like, are somewhat depressing. Like the one, the, we're, yeah, the one we're covering tonight is is quite depressing. Usually, the weddings, I they very rarely go off without a hitch. Yeah. <laughs> the, the way that this one was described is: Paul Vachon married Ophelia in the ring with only the heel personalities of the era in attendance. <laughs> Sounds legit. Captain Lou Albano objected to the wedding at first, but once he found out that Ophelia wasn't a virgin, he had no problems with letting the wedding continue. Fucking hell. Dr. D, David Schultz, Oh, Dave the Redneck Schultz. (laughs) As in, you've never had a woman, baby. (laughs) Last time I was in San Francisco, I went downtown looking for a woman. You know what I mean? I wanted a woman. I couldn't find a woman. I found a lot of men that look like women. Now you, Hulk Hogan, you belong in San Francisco. What's wrong with you, Gene? I'm telling you like it is, baby. David Schultz entered the ring after the vows were exchanged and body slammed the groom. At the reception, Dr. D started a food fight. (laughs) (laughs) That's word for word how this wedding is described. When did that happen? Was that like 82, 83? Must have been. I don't know. It was pre, yeah, it was pre like Hulkamania, I think almost. But good lord, yeah. Start as you mean to go on. Of course, some of the other great ones, Macho Man and Liz. um, Me and Adam watched the the Ultimate Warrior Macho Man match at WrestleMania, the kind of set up uh, Elizabeth and Macho Man finally getting married and that was the whole thing they did like at SummerSlam it was like a beautiful wedding but then at the reception Jake the Snake put a cobra <laughs> in the presence I've seen, I've seen the clip of the cobra that is not presence that is a cobra <laughs> I suppose I think other ones that are of particular note obviously Kane and Lita which was just um, a barrel of laughs a barrel of laughs and of course Lita and Edge then which had uh, Kane coming up through the ring with the priest going, you know, our Lord Savior, and he sees Kane, he goes, Jesus Christ! <laughs> TNA did one or two, they were kind of crappy. I suppose, yeah, the most recent one was AJ and Brian, and we've not seen anyone since. So obviously we had no. Vicky and Edge as well, but, you know, where they played off the angle we're looking at tonight. But, um, yeah, it's been a while since we've had a wrestling wedding. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a decent angle. I mean, like, like it um, when we covered Bash at the Beach, and Mark Madden said, there's a wedding cake. You know, you yeah. know what's going to happen tonight. <laughs> so you know that whenever there's, a, there's a, uh, a wedding in wrestling, you know that something's going to happen. It could be positive. More than likely, it's going to be a big swerve. I tell you, if we actually ever became bookers for a wrestling company, we could um, really swerve the fans by just having a legit, just, just a, a wedding. A shoot wedding. A regular <laughs> wedding. Like, you know, with a, with a Supreme Court justice or whatever, just to reside over it. Completely legit. Yeah, all right, we're going to get into it now. It is the 29th of November, 1999. We're two weeks away from Armageddon and two weeks after Survivor Series. It's Monday Night Raw. Coming to us from the Staples Center in Los Angeles, and this is obviously, it's a big building for them, it's like their main place. Yeah, it, it does look very, very big. It's it's new at this point, it, was, it's, it goes on to be like the host of SummerSlam basically every year for the past 
Jesus, it's been six or seven years at this stage now. So yeah, it's cool to see them in Los Angeles. Great crowd on hand. Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross welcome us as they're all dressed up fancy. Off the right, off the top of the bat, they're like, yes, there is a wedding tonight. <laughs> as a kid, I was so fucking psyched for this. I mean, it must be so perplexing. Like, it's obviously... I, I, my first wrestling wedding was when I was a bit older, yeah. so like it didn't have that much of an effect. But it must be such a perplexing thing as a child to say, "Turn into Raw," and you know, yeah, that's true. Because I mean, I know that like, why well, I'm always like obsessed trying to figure out what my parents thought of me watching wrestling back in the day. Because mm. you know, they come into the room while I'd be watching it, and they catch glimpses of it. I'm pretty sure they knew it was like not appropriate yeah. and whatnot. But I do remember specifically being like, "Oh no, I mean, I can't, you know, do anything tonight, man." It's it's Tess and Stephanie's wedding. Like, <laughs> it's a royal wedding. And she's like, oh, right, I get you. <laughs> it's like, it's a big deal. Like, um, But yeah, I was, a, I was a fan, obviously, beforehand, but this was the first time I do remember an angle where I was like, kind of, no, 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 fuck everything else. I have to watch yeah. Raw tonight. Like, turn off, you know, all, everything else. No one else bother me. I'm watching Raw. And yeah, it's a, it's a big-ass angle. So we start things off. The new WWF champion, Big Goldie, Paul White, comes out. He's going to be teaming up tonight with Kane, who's accompanied by Tori, and they're taking on the evil mega team of the big boss man and Viscera. Uh, Viscera's got his sunglasses. Yeah, he does. He just looks like... He, he, he's just Fat Morpheus from the Matrix, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Will you take the red jelly bean or the blue jelly bean? No, I'll have the big tub of jelly beans you got those from me. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of fat blokes in the ring. I'm, I'm surprised it could uh, hold, hold it up the like. of them. Because, I mean, like... Obviously, Kane's not a fat man, but he's a big bloke. It's true. Obviously, when Big Boss Man is the scrawniest man in the ring, you're obviously yeah. setting a precedent there in terms of uh, of weight. I know we've complained about how many times Big Show and Kane have wrestled, but fuck me, how many times have these guys teamed up? They've, they've, yeah. It's, it's, Whose it's side of, is he on? These guys just can't ever seem to figure out if they're on the same page or not. Big Boss Man coming out. It's nice to know that, you know, stealing a man's coffin and... Making you think your dad has died when he hasn't, and then mocking you when he has. It's nice to know that that gets heat with the fans yeah. still. And Bossman is despised, and he's also the number one contender. Pretty basic back and forth action. I realised straight away that this is an episode of Monday Night Raw because we're barely two minutes into it, and Bossman's already got a nightstick on the outside, yeah. and Xbox runs in, and it's like he does causes interference. Chair shot to Kane, X Factor, Viscera with the splash, and in a very rare weird moment, Viscera pins Kane. Yeah. Viscera, 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 that's what he is, Viscera, mate. Viscera. But Viscera pins somebody. What I don't get as much about this ending is that Albert comes out as well. Yeah. We don't even mention him. He's kind of, he's still boss fans like goon, essentially. Mm. But um, it's it's one of these things that, like, yeah, when when I'm watching this and I'm trying to you know, get notes or whatever to recap for, for, for the episode, anytime it's an episode of Raw, it's really hard because so much happens in such a short yeah. space of time. Like we said, they're trying to keep you from switching the channel. Good lord, it's hard to keep up. It yeah, comes, it, it comes ha- fast and heavy in this one. Xbox after the match. Sorry, like an explanation. Oh, oh, can you? Oh, come on! What the hell was that about? That was no accident. Xbox just kicked Tori right in the face, King. After he spit in her face. This is just diabolical. So, so, Tori comes out and she pushes him, and he just spits in her face. Realizes what he's done though, so he wipes it off with his foot. <laughs> <laughs> Spinning heel kick right to Tory. It's insane. You remember last week, me and Adam and you were kind of like, 
Hmm. I wonder why X Fuck had so much heat. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's the maybe it's him spitting but on women and kicking them in the face. The booze. Oh man, yeah. The booze. As soon as he did that, and you could tell the heat that he had was huge. It's crazy because you think that you know at the last pay per view he did the you know he kicked Tori by accident. Yeah. You think well, geez, that's enough to work with. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm actually going to kick on. her on purpose. like And spit on her. You know, the time I kicked her by accident will be nothing compared to the time I hit her on purpose, Kane. Damn you, X-Pac. Fucking insane. But we have Kane and X-Pac, which is coming up at Armageddon. So that is one which we're obviously uh, going to be uh, really excited to see. Cut to a recap of Tess' proposal to Stephanie, which happened on SmackDown a few months back. Steph, you want this to be right? Let me make it right. Will you give me the honor of being my wife? Yes, I will. Oh, yes, my God! Yeah! Yeah! Not a girl! What do you mean, not a girl? Oh, my God! I love each other! But the power of their love would soon be tested by life's uncertainties. Hey! Oh, look at him, Tom Shit! Hey! Oh, my God, what happened? Oh, hey! Oh. Give me a minute! Give me a minute! Stephanie was hospitalized with post-concussion syndrome, causing her to lose her short-term memory and all the feelings she had for her fiancé. But the bride-to-be was determined to defy all odds. Andrew, you've been nothing but supportive and patient, and I can honestly say that I have never loved anybody more than I love you right now. Oh, my gosh. So I'm going to break from tradition. JR, what are we hearing? Andrew, will you marry me? Tess asks Stephanie if she wants to, to do a marry on him and she says yes to which Jim Ross replies at a girl <laughs> and Jerry Lawler's like no don't marry him why like, it's like it's like the type of people you get when you watch a romantic comedy in the cinema you know the, the two old people outside um, well yeah we not I love this you know given how bad this angle was I would have forgiven the WWE entirely for just ignoring it and not going back to it but we do get included in this recap Stephanie been given amnesia by the bulldog. I mean, like I'd never seen that clip before because obviously you covered it um, in I can't remember what, Rebellion uh, at Rebellion, and it was just bizarre because where's my title shot? Where's my title shot? Froze a bit, but in the complete wrong direction to where <laughs> Stephanie's body is lying. Well, I thought about it now for even more analysis of this ridiculous ten-second segment. But he throws the bin like, and you know, it's like everyone goes ah, Stephanie, and bulldog just calmly goes. You think I care? <laughs> <laughs> but it takes Vince and Shane ages to react, as if the bin's going in slow motion. No. She falls down, and then it's like, oh shit. So, yeah, as we mentioned before, the errant bin shot from Bulldog caused Stephanie to get amnesia. So basically, she was confused, and she hit herself in the confusion and didn't realise she loved Tess anymore. Oh, so man. we had an awkward two weeks <laughs> where Stephanie and Tess were on the. The, the marriage was off because. Stephanie couldn't remember him and then they you know we have a second proposal which is Stephanie proposed to test yeah which is kind of like I guess I remember now yeah no, it still want to get married it wasn't particularly made clear was it no um, and you know what call me old fashioned but I think that if you're going to propose and marry someone if you're gonna say it, don't do it twice. Like you know, yeah. <laughs> first time you want to really hit it on that <laughs> on that first time. So yeah, we get Jim Ross as well telling us after this beautiful package that love conquers all, 
which is just setting us up for such a fall later on. We cut to Jerry and JR having a chat about tonight's proceedings. JR is dressed for a wedding. King is dressed for Elvis's funeral. <laughs> he is. He looks like a complete prick, doesn't he? I was looking for Jerry to have the, the Castrol GTX jacket on. <laughs> I'm like, has anyone got a battery for an Ericsson? <laughs> and speaking um, of people looking like a prick, <laughs> here come DX with Triple H in his leather paddy cap and a flower because it is it's, a wedding. It is a, it is a beautiful flower, yes. Actually, speaking of, uh, it is his beautiful corsage. Uh, KFC announced that they've... Uh, Release the fried chicken corsage just in time for a prom. Fuck's sake. Why? Been a nice heel move. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't even know why I mentioned it. But, um, so yeah, Triple H coming out. He, you know what? For a guy, he does look ridiculous here. Yes, with his, all his, his tight jeans and his backwards leather paddy cap and whatnot. But as a guy who at the, at the start of his run as a baddie, we were kind of like, what's his deal anyway? Like, what, Yeah, he what's... had no sort of direction at all. Well, really. he really does have kind of like... You know what he's about. Yeah, he's now. really coming to his own. Yeah, uh, this promo is absolutely awesome. I love it. Uh, to start though, when Triple H tries to speak, there's just some like random disco music playing in the background. Yeah, I have no idea what that's a, about. A bunch of any motive there was one tonight, and uh, yeah, Triple H is all like, "There will be no wedding tonight." The only thing getting married around here tonight is Daniel Bryan and a three-month <laughs> feud with Kane. <laughs> So yeah, Triple H recaps, um, he's finding Vince coming up at Armageddon, uh, he's got a restraining order on Vince, maybe don't want to go into that too much now, saving that for the next episode, but all you need to know is that Vince isn't allowed to come within 50 feet of Triple H, because yeah. as you saw, he did a thing with his car where he yeah, tried they, to kill they, him. They, they say that he assaulted him, but he didn't technically assault him. He assaulted his car, his yeah. rental car, mate. It was rental, his rental limo, because <laughs> the just go around in a limo. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, Triple H didn't pay for the extra insurance. He's obviously protective of the thing. Vince in the car, though, is is pretty amazing. Like, just this old man Vince in the car going, ah! He's so angry. <laughs> yeah, and I like the idea as well, like, you know, this DX, this group of, like, four young punks who are, like, meant to be badasses, and they got a restraining order against a 56-year-old <laughs> yeah. man. Like, I love that. But yeah, Triple H is like, you think there's going to be a wedding tonight, but I'm afraid I've got some bad news. And he repeats, there will be... No wedding here tonight. <laughs> uh, Vinnie Mac heads out and he informs us that if anyone comes out tonight during the wedding who's not a part of the McMahon family or the wedding party, they will be fired. Jesus Christ, fucking foreshadowing much massive asterisks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he promises at Armageddon that Triple H's blood is going to be on his hands. Whoa! Pretty he's, he's, take, he's very taking it very seriously. I mean, he didn't even say stuff like that, like when he was fighting Austin. Yeah, I suppose. He was, I don't think he ever. He, all he said is "I hate you," but he yeah. never, he never said "Your blood will be on my hands." I don't think he ever said that to Austin. Well, in fairness, you know, I don't know if we even mentioned this or talked about this, but I suppose it's a good time anyway. What do you reckon to you know? A few months ago, this man was in a velour robe, revealing yeah. himself to be the personification of evil. Now, he's going to be main eventing our next pay-per-view as a plucky young... He's an underdog yeah. and a good guy. Do you like Vince in this role? Do you think he's... It's strange, because now that he's face, we, we're seeing less and less of him. And he's shouting less. And he is shouting less. <laughs> so it, it's weird seeing this very reserved um, Vince. But yeah. it makes all the moments where he does go, where he does lose it that much more better. Yeah, I suppose when he's in the car, like it's nice punctuation where he's all like super calm and then he comes out in the car going, ah, yeah. you son of a bitch. So yeah, I mean, big change in character for, for Vince, definitely, for sure. Tonight he announces, as his wedding gift to his son Test, he is giving him a match against Triple H. I would have got him an iPad or something. Yeah, well, he said he, he said he can have anything he wants, but he wants this ring. 
<laughs> doesn't even say he wants a match with you, Triple H. He just says he wants this, this ring. This very ring. But, oh, <laughs> 1999 and early 2000, as much as I love it, they're very guilty of this, which is Triple H, Vince, The Rock as well, will drag out every point. Yeah. It's like, you know what's going to happen tonight? We're going to have a match <laughs> in that very ring. And in that very ring, there will be two men in that ring. And then they go on and on. Forever. Forever. But, like, I suppose, you know, when you're caught up in a hot angle, you're like, ah, you don't tell really want to, like, hit the point zone, don't you? Definitely. Also, as well, for the main event tonight, we have got the New Age Outlaws and X Pac taking on the Rock and Suck Connection, who have reformed. Foley is forgiven The Rock seemingly because he knows The Rock has read his book. Yeah. And, you know, they are friends again. How will this sit with Al Snow? But, yeah, Rock and Sock are back tonight. We're, so we're a partner of their own choice. I know. So, big speculation over who that's going to be. We cut immediately backstage to Al, who was very upset, doing the eyebrow and going, yee, <laughs> <laughs> This is begging to be YouTube poop, is all I'm saying. Um, Alright, coming up next, it's our first singles match of the evening. Two groomsmen taking on each other. It's Matt Hardy coming out with Jeff and Terry taking on Edge. Good lord, this is some serious foreshadowing here. Yeah, they've become friends uh, all of a sudden. They've had the whole kind of, oh, we respect each other. They're both faces. I don't know, for me, it stands, if you want to get these guys over more, and as good as their matches have been... I think it would be much more, make more sense to like make someone like a definitive good guy and someone a bad yeah, guy. Yeah, that's what I would do. Because they're all, you know, as much as they're impressing in the ring, they're a little bland at the moment. And I think yeah. that comes across in this match where it's like, yeah, one thing if it's all four guys in the ring doing cool high spots, but if it's just you need Matt a, Hardy, you need, you need emotion behind it as well. Yeah, and it shows you like how like Matt Hardy on his own hasn't got much star power here. But it is weird seeing these two fights so many years before they would eventually get tangled up in a. Love triangles yes. with Lita and all that uh, foreshadowing. Pretty good match though. A nice spot comes when Matt gets a springboard dropkick from Edge off the second rope. Heads flying to the outside and clocks the cameraman. Absolutely amazing. Pretty quickly descends into chaos thereafter as all four men come in. The ref doesn't seem to mind very much. No, he's just done there. Was it a tag match? Maybe I don't know. Well, I think <laughs> I think it's even King says at one moment, "Who's the legal man?" I mean, JR, you can just hear. They are uh, mentally slapping him across the back of the head. <laughs> it's a singles match. <laughs> and of course, you know, all the hallmarks this one, you know, JR mixes up Matt and Jeff. JR mixes up Edge and Christian. Yeah. You know, fucking hell. It's, it's a bit of a train wreck towards the end here, but Christian helps Edge get a spear on Matt. And yeah, right from the referee, one, two, three. Edge wins the match. Throwaway of the highest degree, but you know, decent enough effort from both men. Uh, we cut to our first of many visits to the bachelorette party that happened last These night. These are so fucking boring. <laughs> They're so timid, isn't it's it? It's just a bunch of nobodies and Moolah and May. Like, it's just... They, they, they set it up. They're like, well, boy, you know, last night, Las Vegas, the town was painted red. Yeah. I don't think that town will ever be the same again. Yeah. Cuts to, like, six middle-aged women with four bottles of Copperberg in front yeah. of them, kind of going... Well, <laughs> marriage. It's, That's going to be mental, isn't it's it? It's so rubbish, these segments. Why are Moolah and May there? I don't know. Because I, I suppose it's because a bit later on, they do become the comic relief. But like, <laughs> You know what? Come to my wedding party tonight, Billy. Yeah. I might need some comic relief. <laughs> like. You know, bachelorette parties tend to get a little bit grim towards the end. Oh, but it's just so, so much un- unintelligible shrieking as well. See, I can't. I couldn't. Don't think I could tell a single thing any of the women said. You know what? I think I like. You know, they're 
the idea here is that they're using people who are like oh kind of Steph's real life friends or whatever I don't even know if these actually are I, I imagine they're just actresses I could be probably wrong probably just a hose that Godfather brings out later <laughs> different dress <laughs> yeah. like, and put her in a sweater vest you'll never know but for for me I thought that if imagine this is like the bachelorette party but it was like Ivory, Luna, Jacqueline, Terry and they're all like you know, being insane and it would be fun. That it'd actually, be something, would be it'd be something fun. worth watching. I think there there could have been a chance that those personalities get across, and it's something that the divas obviously need a lot of the time is a chance to actually get their characters over. But uh, no, Stephanie McMahon's middle income friends instead. Coming up next, it's scheduled to be Y2J, Chris Jericho taking on China. China coming out with her thumb all wrapped up. She got attacked by Jericho with a hammer. No doubt. Um, you know, obviously after losing to Gangrel, he said mm. he's never ever coming back. Jericho took things up a notch, so to speak. Next thing, yeah, China comes out, cuts a lengthy promo now on Chris Jericho, you know, saying that her, her thumb is healing up, they're going to face off, blah, blah, blah. She wants a piece of Jericho. Amaz- amazes me, actually, watching Raw now, compared to an episode of Raw back here. God, they gave the microphone to the mid-card guys a lot more. Because, yeah. I mean, the mid-card guys in the current roster, they're not going to get, like, a five, ten-minute speaking spot. That's also because there's no storylines in the mid-card anymore. Yeah, that's true. storylines are reserved for the upper card. Yeah, it's a luxury line. Now let me get this straight, you jacked-up mutant. You want to challenge me to a title match tonight? tonight. Well, there's nothing more that I would do than love to come to that ring and beat your flabby jello ass. Who's he looking but at? unfortunately, I can't do that. And let me show you what happened, why I can't. Roll the clip from SmackDown. I want everyone to see what happened. Roll the clip. Now look what happened. I'm challenging you to a fair fight like a true hero. I walk over to you and you hit me in the head with a hammer two times. I had a horrible Thanksgiving. I couldn't eat. I was vomiting all over the place. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't think. I couldn't even play with my children. And for what, China? Was it really worth it? All I did was give you a love tap, break your fingernail, and you try and smash my skull with a sledgehammer. How dare you? Chris, calm down. You're so fired up about this. I can't face you tonight. But after some severe, intense physical therapy at Armageddon, I'm going to give all these Jericho-holics what they want. And that is the end hey, of your ridiculous embarrassment of a career. Look behind him. Chris, you need to chill out. You really you need chill to. out. Chris Jericho comes out in street clothes. He says he cannot compete tonight due to concussion. China had hit him in the head with a hammer. It looked pretty bad as well. It was it? yeah, it was like the ball pin hammer, oh, like yeah. bam, right in the head twice. He calls her a jacked up mutant, <laughs> <laughs> and sa- says she has a flabby jello ass. Wow, I love that mutually contradicting insults. <laughs> yeah. Listen here, you fat jacked up bitch. Like, I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> but, but he says something that really made, like, really made me laugh. So he's talking about how he has all these concussions and stuff, and then he just says, "I had a horrible Thanksgiving," <laughs> and that just that line just really, really made me laugh. How over is he here? He really is. Because you know, we said before, John China. China comes out. She's meant to be the good guy here. I mean, she was kidnapped by Jericho, and she gets a lot of booze. And does. Jericho, he when he does Raw, is Jericho. The crowd. 
in unison. Everyone's behind them. And I, mean, I found it very hard to work out who was the face and who was the heel now. It wasn't until Jericho's really started whinging and whining. They're like, yeah. oh, wait, no, he is a baddie. But until he says, I'm not going to wrestle time, so that's a heel thing. Yeah. Him. So I guess Jericho is the heel. But... Yeah, Jericho talking about his Thanksgiving said, you know, he couldn't play with his kids. He couldn't eat any Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> this shows you how much times have changed in this. He does go, uh, you know, I've got a concussion. I can't fight you tonight. And Jim Ross just goes, a concussion? Oh, come on, get out of here. What is he, a gay? <laughs> See, like, for fuck's sake, it's like he got hit in the head twice with, like, with a hammer. Hit in the head twice with a hammer, and Jim Ross going, a concussion. Come on, like. <laughs> Miss Kitty comes out then, and you know, Jericho is exaggerating so much that the, towards the end, he's yeah. like, you know, I tapped you and broke your fingernail, you know, and then you hit me in the head with a sledgehammer. You know, he's just coming. It's a little hammer. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, he, he, he's so great, like, he just. He fits this role so perfectly. This is really like his WCW character was. Very few bad guys at the time were willing to be like just a creep because everyone yeah. wanted to be the cool guy with the leather jacket and the sunglasses. And here's Jericho. Just a bit of latch. Yeah, just being like, no! And jumping up and down <laughs> like a brass. Miss Kitty comes out and sprays him with the fire extinguisher and the crowd clearly just like prefer Y2J. They, yeah. they, they boo it like. And, you know, pretty soon... It's Jericho is going to be a, a, a face. Well, that's going to be good. I look forward to that. Well, I mean, I think comparing him here now, even to his debut, which we which we we looked at. I mean, you can tell he's he's more confident. Would you oh, say? Oh yeah, him? definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um. All right. Back to the party. More booze. May rubs the waiter. Yeah. <laughs> that's literally it. Godfather taking on Steve Blackman next. I thought it was like you know as a as a new thing. Like, hey, why don't we get you know. Uh, you know, you or Adam to, to recap one of the matches or whatever. Or, <laughs> do you want to take us through Blackman and Godfather? Yeah, Godfather comes out with the hose. Massive pop as per usual. Oh, yeah. I was expecting nice. a big promo for him, but I guess he only leaves that to the uh, pay-per-views. I was expecting him to come out, you know, doing a, a promo about having sex with weed or something. That, <laughs> that seems to be his gimmick at the moment. <laughs> I'm going to roll up a fatty. Have sex with it. <laughs> And then uh, Blackman comes out. Blackman with murderous eyes. Oh, man, Blackman yeah. just looks like he's seen a big car crash and is not quite all right. You know, he's he's trying to still... It's still sinking in what he's just seen. He, he looks horrified, definitely. Before Godfather can offer him the hose, Blackman just says, nope, it's going to just... Very short match. I think there's two moves in this match. Yeah, locks up with him. There's a near pin on Blackman. Godfather gets kicked in the head. Pin. <laughs> One, and, two, three. Yeah. And everyone's just like, the hoes are really upset. And you know what? From watching a lot of Raw, um, you know, I watched all the Raws between them, the pay per views, and uh, good golly, Miss Molly, Godfather lost an awful lot. Yes, he did. He loses all the fucking time, like. But you know what? It doesn't make a lick of difference. You got to give as long as he Godfather. wins a pay per view. <laughs> I mean, he loses, and then you know he stands up and he's surrounded by ten women who in the crowd just go wild again. Like, yeah. it's, no one cares if the man wins or loses. But yeah, nice to see Blackman get a victory. Cut backstage. Amazing segment. As soon as I saw the cards in these men's hands, my heart just jumped up. It's the acolytes playing a game of poker with the Dudley boys, drinking beer. They have cigars. Oh man! What is wrong with you? I can't take you. Hey, Farouk, what beats four aces? The only thing I've been told, brother, is a Smith and Wesson, son of a bitch. You don't even know my mama. <laughs> Not real well. <laughs> what a poker game. So strange. It's very awesome. The Dudley boys getting a little bit, you know, more screen time now, obviously. Yeah. Uh, getting to be fleshed out. Bubba Ray Dudley just with a big cigar in his mouth is a... Uh, 
is pretty hilarious. And yeah, they're making out that, you know, the acolytes are going to hustle the Dudleys at cards. And um, in a very strange moment, because usually I was watching a USA, you know, a rip of the USA show, and usually it's pretty much uncensored. And we had Farouk going, uh, yeah, I'll tell you one thing about your mother. He's like, boo! Really, really. And long, then he's like, "God damn it! How dare you about my mother?" <laughs> There's uh, a lot of censorship in these se- segments. Yes, you don't think uh, very much. Talbert taking liberties. Oh yeah, they're, they're, these guys aren't being scripted word for word here. And an amazing moment. Uh, is <laughs> like, "He's talking about our mother," and Demon goes, "Not my mother." Because obviously, <laughs> they're half brothers. Brilliant. Uh, we'll come back to that later on. More bachelorette party shenanigans. Yay! Yeah. But, dance, everyone! They dance, and the thing that made me laugh the hardest is Mae Young doing a DX crotch chop. Oh. Just, um, seeing Mae Young do that really, really made me laugh. Billy, this again was like... This is going to be the ones like when you said, oh man, he said puppies here. We will see Mae Young do probably... I'm going to say, I'm going to live here, almost as many crotch chops as fucking Road Dog <laughs> in the next few months on the podcast. Good lord, that woman crotch chops a lot. Less said the better, but yeah, dance, dance, everyone dance. Everyone get up and dance. Yeah, everybody look at your pants. Backstage, Al Snow approaches his buddy Mick Foley and begs him to be the partner in the six-man tag. And, uh, you know, I thought Al was somewhat sympathetic here because, yeah. you know, he feels You can threatened. understand it because, you know, obviously he's the person who found the book in the trash. And he's a lot more he's in a lot more relatable position, which is kind of like, hey, you know, you're friends with someone, and then it's like, oh no, they want to hang out with yeah. this other guy, and he feels threatened by that. I thought he was quite sympathetic here. Foley was um, basically saying that you know he wants him to be a partner. He doesn't know what The Rock will think though, and Al, not a fan of The Rock as it seems. Alrighty, coming up next, we've got a tag team match as Bob and Crash, the Holly cousins, are going to take on the newly faced Too Cool. Yeah, and look who they've got with them debuting. Yes, it's Rikishi. First time we've seen him on the podcast. Yeah. You got memories of Rikishi? I think I do. It's yeah. just in, the, in, in just in the back of my head, but I really can't remember. I can remember the stink face. Yeah, and I remember he liked to dance. I think that's the, the extent of my memory. By the time you started watching, you would have only caught like really morbidly obese refuses to lose weight yeah. and gets there's nothing more depressing than a lad who gets fired for refusing to not be fat yeah I mean that's that's how it's something you can fix I mean yeah you can give it a go at least. Yeah. like I'll tell you what right you work for the WWE you make you know close to a million dollars a year you get to travel all around the world living your dream could you lose a bit of weight oh go on then and keep doing that <laughs> yeah. or you cannot lose weight and be fired <laughs> and working indies. You know what? I'll I'll roll the dice. I'll keep eating, thanks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's too cool. I think we we were fans of them. I don't think Adam was very much a fan no, of them in the last we episode. Were, but I think we both agree that these guys as good guys is, is, a, is a positive step. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the Hollies come out and say uh, not happy with this match because too cool aren't heavy enough. Yeah, well, that's that's a legitimate grievance. That's a legitimate like. grievance for them. But then Bob just turns around and calls Rikishi a tub of guts. On the other hand, old tub of guts, and yes, I'm talking to you. Uh-oh. You got enough ass right there to make a total eclipse of the sun. You know that, right? Uh-oh. Big, all right. Hey, Rakishi, you don't have to worry about hiring Santa Claus this year. A few more seconds and thirds at the dinner table, and you will be Santa Claus. Hey, hey, Crash, check out that ass. He's got more dimples on that ass than a golf ball. No. Uh-oh. 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 
I think that's enough is enough as far as Rakishi is concerned. He's like, hey, yeah, you guys, we don't want to fight you. And this fat guy over here, like, just, he's he's almost as bad as us. Like, yeah. I mean, um, but, I mean, in fairness, mate, we can't all be 400 pounds like Crash Holly. Like, no, we can't. I mean? So, yeah, we get some great lines from, from Bob. And it's, I suppose, you know, Rikishi is, he's an amazing wrestler. Really unique look. He's, you know, he's got the credentials, obviously, coming from the... Uh, the Samoan wrestling family, you know, he's related to The Rock, um, you know, the Wild Samoans, uh, a lot of history there. But at the end of the day, he is a very fat Samoan man wearing a thong. Yes. And when I first saw him as a kid, which actually it would have been around this time, I was like, this man is ridiculous. This man is a joke. There's no way that this is going to... And, you know, by having Bob Holly come out and be like, hey, look at this big fat ass over here. And he said he's got more dimples in his ass than a golf ball and Crash is, like, rolling around laughing. But he kicks Crash's head off immediately. And, like, okay, again... This guy like, does mean business. You can have a guy who looks kind of silly or has a silly quality on, but he's, like, he's a serious competitor. Um, pretty quick match. Again, this is more angle than match. We get a couple of double-team moves from 2 Cool, despite the fact that their face, Jim Ross, is still very much running them down on commentary. Yeah, they just obviously just hates the both of them. He doesn't like it. Uh, JR still does not like 2 Cool. Uh, we get some cool double-team moves from 2 Cool, and then Crash, who doesn't even get to tag in Bob, gets the hip-hop drop. 2 Cool win in pretty quick fashion. And then after the match, Bob comes in, tries to uh, get something going, gets killed by Rikishi. Yeah. Everybody dances. Yeah. Dance, everyone! It, it cut away, though, just as Rikishi started dancing. And for that brief two seconds of Rikishi just slowly shaking his ass around, I laughed really, really hard. It's funny because, like, later on, the too cool dance with Rikishi, that goes on to be kind of like, you know, like when you've got wrestling is on a hot streak, it's like, oh, this week I've got to see, you know, when The Rock's promo. Or Austin in a vehicle, you know the, the weekly thing. You know people loved Rikishi and Too Cool Dancing. Yeah. Crowd go apeshit for it, and for them to actually cut away before he does it here is like, wow, that's a weird thing. I, I really don't understand them being put together though. I find it very strange. You know, if they're bringing in Rikishi and all of the people on the roster, I wouldn't have put them with Too Cool. Well, again, it's it's one of these ones that you know at the time. I mean, I remember when I saw this at the time, I was like, well, this is stupid. Because I yeah. still, you know, I still remember them as being too much for, for the most part. Mm. I'm like, Rikishi, really? It seemed random. But you know what? It worked. And yeah, that's because Rikishi was good enough and too cool. It, you know, they let him... In that group, they, he got to shine. But, you know, no one overshadowed anyone, really. No. It was as if, oh, you know, Scotty Tuati, is, is, he's the real star. They were very much an equal footing, a lot of these guys. But a uh, lot more to come from too cool. And I'm, uh, I'm really excited for them. Moving on. Guess who we're going back to, Billy? Is it the bachelorette party? Clear your plate. You're oh. having bachelorette party supper for tea. Fucking hell. Back again, are we? There's a stripper now. But instead of being a sexy policeman, he's the sexiest of all professions. An electrician. You know, I don't know about <laughs> you, but nothing gets me worked up more than uh, a joiner's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, or maybe uh, electrician. Yeah. Um, yeah. British know, gas. British you know. gas, UPS, CityLink, the naughty boys. Uh, <laughs> May and Moolah try to kill him. for. Uh, yeah, they, they just take him away very so slowly. Yeah, yeah, earlier on, you're like, oh, they provide the comedy relief later on. A man comes in, takes his clothes off, and they take him away to their lair. Yeah. Presumably to eat his bones. <laughs> Coming up next, we get our semi-main event of the evening. It's Test Wedding Present. I, that, that's what I want for my wedding present. I want my wedding present, if it's going to be a wrestling match, to be in the middle of the show, you know, when everyone's turning off to check yeah. what's on, on Nitro. Good job. Test taking on Triple H. I question the logic from... 
strictly from a kayfabe point of view here mm. right now, if I'm getting married, I've got, you know, I'm obviously at the ceremony. I've yeah. got to remember all my vows. I've got, um, you know, a wedding night ahead of me, honeymoon, party, speeches. It's a big fucking day. Big day. I don't think I could squeeze in a wrestling match. Especially as a man who used to be the WF champion and is obviously a strong fucking bloke. Yeah, um, it's... it's and, and Test, uh, by all accounts, is not a strong bloke. It's only... It's weird because, I mean, Test was... You know, he's quite over a point. But you know what the last time we actually saw him on pay-per-view was? Was his match against Shane? Yeah, SummerSlam. Jesus. It's, it's nearly six months. That's a long time. You could go from summer all the way to uh, the end of November... And he hasn't been on pay-per-view. And it's so strange, though, considering he's in, he's one of the main people in this big story. He's in this big story, but really, it's not as if like episodes of Raw were often ending, kind of going, "What will be the next step in the Stephanie Test saga?" Yeah. It was a li- it was a recurring storyline that went on for months and months, close to a year, but it was little bits here and there. And then it just exploded. And it's you know what? As much as I like Tess, he's coming out here with his. His leather pants and his tea tank top. Yeah. With, you know what? He looks so bush league. He does not look anywhere in the league of Triple H. And fans don't buy him as a... It's just because no. you're marrying Stephanie. doesn't mean I want you to be Triple H, really. So, shady refereeing occurs. We get a man coming out with a long sleeve referee top, black gloves, and a Vince McMahon mask. And the collar up as yeah. well. Who do you reckon it was? I think it is Vince. You reckon? Yeah. Why do you think it's Vince? Because no one can find Vince. That's true. Uh, we cut throughout the match to the Stooges, who are like, Vince, come and watch this. This guy don't, looks like you. Don't, don't flush. Don't come even on. flush, Just Vince. come here now. There's a man's here who is doing a referees on tests matches with Triple H's. He is a rubber you. <laughs> <laughs> I strongly believe it was Vince as well, mainly for the fact that he was the only referee who felt it necessary to hide his neck. Yeah. Because in fairness... If I'm to identify any man on the roster or the company via neck only, Vince McMahon has got a proper... He's got a big red vein neck. got a big gammon neck. Yeah. Like a poached gammon steak neck mm. is what he's got. I could pick him out from a mile away. I did actually think, though, at first it was Shane. Yeah, that's possible. Because obviously Vince had the uh, the restraining order and maybe, you know, even though Vince is Vince and he will do what he does, there's still a chance he doesn't want to have those repercussions of breaking this order against him. Yeah, I know so what you mean. So I, I could imagine he sends Shane after him. Uh, we have pretty much back and forth action. The crowd is very, very dead, considering that it was a pretty good crowd all night, and it's a pretty, it's a, it's a hot shot and angle. It's a guy who's being married here tonight, taking on, you know, the top guy, really, yeah. in Triple H. It's a surprisingly quiet input from the crowd. Triple H begins working on the nose of yeah. Test. Test is an unfortunate sort, in that during the weeks and months ahead... He has a gimmick where he's got a broken nose now. Because right. Triple H and DX keep attacking the nose. Now, What a gimmick. You remember when Cody Rhodes had the mask because he yeah. had a broken face? That was cool. I was a big fan. Cool. He had the, the, the kind of cool, clear mask and all that. Tess looks like he's got an Airfix model stuck on his head. Like ah. It's the worst fucking mask I've ever seen. So yeah, broken nose test. Not a good look for you. Triple H gets a very long sleeper in. The crowd is completely silent for it. Put Metal Slam awkwardly attempted by Test on Triple H. 
but Triple H counters, but Test then goes for a top rope elbow, which does not connect as Triple H just heads to the outside. Triple H then goes back on offense, but he's not getting a count from the ref. The ref, who wants to really interfere, he wants now, all of a sudden, he won't count for Triple H. Triple H clocks him, goes right for the mask. Yep. And then Shane McMahon comes out. So is not Shane in the mask then? Shane O'Tux, as yeah. I refer to him. Uh, comes out in a tuxedo, clatters the bejesus out of Triple H with his chair. Tess gets the elbow and a fast count. Nice quick screw job. Silent crowd. Yeah, crowd were not really into it. They, they, they care about the story around this, but we don't, they don't, I don't think anyone wanted to see this match. You know what actually people probably would have popped for way more than this is Triple H versus Shane. Yeah. You know? Because it would have made, because like, you know, Test, you're getting married tonight. Uh, I'm, I'll take I'll it. take care of this because I'm your buddy and you know my sister doesn't deserve this but hey here we go it's the, the view is mighty fine from back here in the armchair we come back to the party bachelorette party has become the drunklerette party more like yeah. Muller and May come back and I'm, I swear it's covered in blood like I, I, I swear <laughs> there's I could be wrong but I, 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 I could swear I heard Muller say that was some good sex. Fucking hell! <laughs> just completely throw away any mystique around what happened. Or any innuendo. Yeah. Like, just boldly stating the facts as it is. We get the barman coming over. Steph is kind of like, oh, no, I'm finished. But the barman says, oh, yeah, one last shot to yeah. cap off tonight. And Stephanie takes her bitter-looking medicine. Uh, yes. She's like, ooh, that's a bit tart. Oh, God, I don't like where this is <laughs> I going. I don't like where this is going either. And yeah, to go from there from a woman who's getting drunk at a party, we cut now to a recap to SmackDown, where we had a a gravy bowl match. Yeah. I t- Poor Ivory. I know. <laughs> the gravy bowl match, it was Ivory and Jacqueline. Kitty was the referee. Sorry, Kitty was the referee. And after, and after Ivory lost the match, I think, yeah. she grabbed Kitty and tried to drown her in gravy, and Miss Kitty got a mushroom stuck in her throat. And then B.B. Bush came out to B.B. Bush to give her the Heimlich manoeuvre, which is the strangest thing. I will say it now: is the strangest thing I've ever seen in wrestling. Is this call back to SmackDown? A gravy-covered woman be giving the Heimlich manoeuvre from B.B. Bush. It didn't even look like there was anything in the gravy. Yeah, like, I mean, you, you look at that gravy. There's clearly no mushrooms in that. Not especially not you're gonna choke. Mate, I know a sieved gravy when I yeah, see definitely. one. Yeah, right? like, I mean, come on, that pan has been that for the thing where they were having the the gravy about it. They've deglazed that right yeah. with a bit of red wine. No, don't be <laughs> trying to pull the wool over our eyes. So yeah, here we go. Possibly one of the most perplexing scenes ever. Oh boy, this is one of these nice ones. It's kind of like, hey, let's review the wedding, but we get this nice little bonus nugget here. <laughs> oh boy, BB Bush, who we've seen for weeks on weeks and weeks. Barbara Bush, not the president's wife, the other one. Uh, yeah, she gets to come out for an in ring segment with Michael Cole yeah. and comes out to the most generic freeware ambulance simulator music. <laughs> it's like th- what she says as well doesn't even make sense. Because like, if you look at it from the point of kayfabe, Ivory beat her up and threw in the gravy and ripped off a top. Yeah, and embarrassed her. Embarrassed her. Like, if that happened to you, you'd want to kick that person's ass. Yeah. And she comes to the ring and says, this will happen to me, so I want to fight you, Ivory. Yes. In an evening gown match, which completely just <laughs> negates the point. I, d- I, don't, I didn't like the fact that you took my top off, so I'm going to be in a match which requires to win... The taking off of a top. Um, you know what? It, there's a very strange logic that I'm pretty sure only Fit Finley understands. There is a kind of a hierarchy, an ecology almost, you could argue, with women in late 90s to early 2000s WWF removing each other's tops 
there is this weird kind of eye for an eye revenge yeah. type thing that if yeah it, it doesn't to, make any sense in their minds it does yeah. because you know women like to cake each other's clothes off right <laughs> um, now you you say there Billy I gotta call you out on this you say there that Vivi what says she says herself that she wants to have a match or whatever she's fierce she has to be guided an awful lot to get to that point oh yeah she has no idea what she's doing Cole, where she is not since Vinnie Jones at Capital Carnage yeah. in the London London Arena has, has Michael Cole had to carry someone so much Barbara welcome we know you're a registered nurse you've also been volunteering as an EMT here in the World Wrestling Federation for the past couple of months but what happened this past Thursday night was not in your job description it must have been humiliating yeah. hi Michael let me first start off by saying my friends call me BB, and it was very humiliating. I just now, I mean, Ivory taking off your shirt in front, of, in front of a nationwide television audience. I mean, that had to sting inside. I don't know what Ivory was thinking. It was just so humiliating, and I am ready to challenge her to an evening gown match. What? You want to challenge Ivory to an evening gal, man. My friends call me BB. I just... Uh, that was her first sentence. Yeah. Cole then literally is just kind of like, I bet you uh not too happy with <laughs> with Ivory there. I bet you'd like some sort of evening gal, man. Objection! Leading the interviewee! <laughs> Come on, guys. Ivory then comes out, and I will say this. Ivory, I believe, controversial maybe, but... I'm going to declare right now that Ivory's got the nicest coat on the run of the podcast yes, so far. Not very nice. Just for around the house, like. Oh, my God, it, what a coat. Very nice coat. Very nice coat. A very, very brilliant coat. Appropriate coat for the weather that we're having. She refers to BB, and she's like, they call you BB for a reason. What is it? Big boobs? Bird brain? Big bitch? <laughs> and then they just fight. BB is the worst. Yeah. I'm struggling to think of all the divas ever. Mm-hmm. Has anyone been worse than I know? BB is pretty strongly kind of like just a stupid gimmick. Yeah. She's a she's a registered nurse in EMT. Why is she wrestling? No charisma, no luck. Like she's yeah. just like she she looks like so she's wandered off a porn set from the eighties yeah. by the looks of things. Absolute black no, hole of charisma. Awful. But what you can say though is that she is quite possibly the first wrestler ever to have their debut match be as part of a feud which involves gravy. Or mushrooms. Yeah, or mushrooms. Oh my god, I just realised. It was Midian, mate. It was Midian. <laughs> Miss Kitty was only trying to feed her mind with those mushrooms. But yeah, <laughs> another match set for Armageddon as a BB and Ivory brawl in a very pretty just lame pull-apart brawl. BB loses her top again. Will we see her lose her top for the third time? Probably. Tune in, join the Attitude Podcast, <laughs> review Armageddon 1999. All right, backstage, Vince is with John Law. The studio is basically covering from, kind of saying, yeah, he was in the toilet. Forget about yeah. that. Can you smell it? Can you smell what <laughs> Vince is cooking? Like? All righty, coming up next, it's our boy, Kurt Angle. Yep. Kurt Angel taking on Val Venus. Val Venus, who basically after... All of his evil shenanigans uh, with the Rock and Sock connection. He's just back to being Val, basically. Yeah. Cuts a sexy Shaquille O'Neal promo. Hello, ladies. You know something, ladies? The big Balboski and Shaquille O'Neal have a lot in common. Uh-oh. You know, 
we both carry intimidating size. The only difference is, while Shaq may be a little shaky from the outside, the Big Balboski's bald-headed slam dunker scores every single time. Kurt Angle comes out, runs down LA, says that there's no moral fiber to the city. The heat. Oh, one of the biggest boos of the night, this man. Mm. Um, honestly... You know, I think we harp on about this an awful lot, but at this point in the Outer era, I can tell you one thing which is such a big difference to the current product, and something that's missing, is that mid-card guys are really over, particularly the heels. Yeah. Boss man, you know, uh, even, you know, uh, Kurt Angle here, who's way down the cards. People boo the fuck out of the bad guys. They hate them. People never boo the baddies anymore. No. They don't even boo Randy Orton most of the time. No. But anyway, yeah, Kurt Angle runs down to LA, says there's no moral fiber, and then it's an amazing moment. He's like, you're going to cheer for a porn star over me? <laughs> amazing. Crowd eats it right up. Pretty short match again. It's Raw. Venus gets out-wrestled by Kurt Angle, who had his solid fundamentals. And then, oh no! A wild bulldog yeah. appears. Assumably all worked up from seeing him give Stephanie a concussion earlier on in that recap. He's out yet again to cause more hassle. Again, doesn't make any sense. He just walks out and slowly just grabs a chair as if, you know, like, people can only see him if he's moving. So he's going as slowly as possible, grabbing a chair, walking backwards, <laughs> waiting for Valvinus to Don't get wake Dad! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for Valvinus to get close to the... Uh, get to the the apron and just clatter him backwards very softly with a chair There's no, it irks me when people pick up a chair the wrong way around yeah it really irks me also Bulldog not wearing his Wranglers no he's not what is going on you all I mean I'm all school I'm all school man you pack your gear in your carry on bag and you put your Wranglers in your carry on <laughs> bag so you always have them you never know Kurt Angle then gets the Olympic slam Kurt wins and we're going to see now the undefeated streak of Kurt Angle and there's one thing about like having a bad guy come in and he has an undefeated streak. That's irritating. But his streak is the most hokey, tainted, win by DQ, yeah. interference. I don't think he gets a clean win. You, you think that the character would want the clean win because he's trying to prove himself. But the best thing, that's why like, that's almost like the real source of the heat is that Kern Angle wins this match over very screwy circumstances yeah. and then he acts like he's won a gold medal. Mm. Like, when you, you haven't lived until you've seen Kurt Angle on SmackDown beat, like, Steve Blackman and then, like, from Count Out and then jump with <laughs> tears in his eyes <laughs> wondering where the confetti is. You know? It's absolutely brilliant. Kurt Angle, I'm, I'm so happy he's in this pod, in the podcast now. Fantastic stuff. Um, so yeah, pretty alright match. Again, it was quick, more to get angle over than anything else. But we're going to have Val Venus and the British Bulldog for the European title at Armageddon. Oh boy, oh boy. can't wait. <laughs> Grumsman chat backstage, getting a look at some of them. D'Lo Brown going to be a Grumsman? Yeah. Meat is going to be a Grumsman? Yeah, I don't get like You said how the Edge, Jeff Hardy, Christian, Matt Hardy, Meat. <laughs> Putting uh, in the in the uh, bouquet of flowers, Stephanie has just got a talk boy in there, like <laughs> recording everything, just holding it. What's that again about the honeymoon? You know, <laughs> it's just like the it's like their honeymoon. You know, Tess and Stephanie, like you know, oh Tess, this is the Andrew, this is the most perfect end to a night ever. And like the lights go or whatever, it just cuts to the window and there's meat. I think Tess and Stephanie are going to be <laughs> all, all right. right. Just leaves a box of milk tray. Or <laughs> What is going on, me? Fucking hell. 
Backstage, Al is with the Micker. He runs down The Rock, begs to be on the team, and then, like, The Rock just... We're gonna yeah. play it here, man. Amazing. One of The Rock's best. Al? Is this Jabroni's name? Let The Rock understand this. It's gonna be The Rock, the great one. The most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Who, as he speaks, has literally millions and millions of Rock's fans. Retired WWF champion, but above all else, above all other titles, The Rock, the people's champion. Teaming with Al? If Al has that question, let The Rock answer that question with a question of his own. Ask Al how he feels, seeing as we are standing in the Staples Center, the home of the Los Angeles Kings. Ask Al how he feels about going to the Los Angeles Kings locker room, taking a dirty jock, a hockey mask, and a hockey stick. Tell Al to put the dirty jock on his head, put the hockey mask on his face, and then take the hockey stick. Tell Al to hold it, shut your mouth. Tell Al to hold it nice and tight. Get a good grip so it doesn't slip out. And then tell Al that The Rock says, take that hockey stick, turn that bitch sideways, and stick it straight up, it's Kenny's. And then ask Al, Better yet, then tell Al if he smells what The Rock is cooking. How great is that? That is exactly how you would. How would you react if you heard someone talking mess about you? It's like Al is like you know it's it's the oldest one in the book, but she's like I hate him, I hate him. You know he's right behind him, and mm. The Rock, you, you, he's just he treats Al so badly. He just doesn't even know who he is. Al. So you're gonna say he's like the great one, The Rock, the greatest of all time, mankind, the hardcore legend, and. Al <laughs> and Al is just like right there in front of him it's like we met last week we had a match <laughs> I have no idea who you are <laughs> um, Foley wrote about this in his book and I don't know what you think about it we'll get a lot more of it coming on but obviously now The Rock is moving into the um, you know, he's the top face now he's, yeah. he's in Austin's spot so to speak Foley you mentioned in his book that he was a bit uncomfortable with The Rock being this kind of very bully-like character almost and you know you've seen with Coach later on yeah. Kevin Kelly Michael Cole and when you're the top good guy I don't know be nice be nicer but again I love Al Snow so much and I, I he's quite sympathetic here but when The Rock is just like going on like tell him to get a hockey stick turn it up and shove it up his ass and he won't he doesn't make eye contact with him the whole time yeah He's too entertaining. Yeah, it and over- he know, he know, he knows how over he is as well because you know he says he does and the millions and he, he says it turns the camera and just goes and waits for the crowd. And that's the best thing in, is- in the arena to just say it and he goes my point proven. And he's like you know they will chant my name and they do it. Yeah. And you know what that's a pre-tape. Mm. So like that's amazing that the knowledge going. You know what? In two hours time when people see this, they will chance because it's yeah. fucking The Rock and it's awesome. But yeah, great segment backstage. Al is not going to be on the team though. The Rock resolutely denies having Al on his team. <laughs> Coming up next, we have got Degeneration X, the New Age Outlaws, and X Pac taking on The Rock and Sock Connection and their tag team partner, which is Kane. Kane. <laughs> Out of nowhere, Kane just storms out. Well, he's got pretty much he's a lot of beef. reason. He's got he's got more than beef, yeah. mate. He's got a whole brisket with X Pac. Is what he's got. 
very facey antics from the New Age Outlaws at the start. Again, it's like, I don't know, it's it's kind of confusing for DX. You know, they're sneaky bastards one second, and then they, they are being quite entertaining. Here. Yeah. Um, but it's like, they really don't know how to be heels, it seems. Because, yeah, they, at the last pay-per-view, they were like, your mother, you know? Yeah. And now here, they just no, went full the, face. They're just going full face. It's, it's, I don't know why they're doing it. There's very few guys who can do the... You know, like Del Rio, I think, is one of the few guys, Alberto Del Rio, who obviously had Ricardo Rodriguez. Yeah. He would announce him as a baddie, but then when he turned you know, face um, a few years ago, he still did the same intro. Um, very few guys can do that, have like uh, an established kind of spiel with the audience, and then turn face or heel, oh, but, uh, and then do the same thing. Just drop it. Like, do something else. Like, you could literally, if they could come out and, and said anything but that, they would still get over his heels because of everything that they've been doing in the preceding weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's like, imagine if Austin was healed, he came out, he's like, if you want to see me grip someone's ass, give me yeah. a hell yeah, you know, that that's what it's like to me, it's confusing, but um, I mean, that's just, it's DX, you know, like the NWO, it's just like an exception to the rule of faces and heels, I suppose, uh, Mick Foley, very important at this point, really a massive milestone for Mick, uh, one of the greatest of his career, I'm sure, he is number one in the New York Times bestseller list very good. Uh, for non-fiction, that is awesome. And for a man who, like, you know, Foley was the, the pioneer for the book. Mm. You know, everyone and their mother brings out a book now, but there'd be, there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be paperback copies of Bret Hart and Chris Jericho's book in every Eason's and Waterstone's yeah. in England and Ireland if it had not been for the first one, which was Foley. And he made wrestling books a valuable commodity. And even though you actually had, at the time, critics refused to review the book. Because they'd see it as lesser. And they were, like, they would write columns saying, like, I'm not going to, you know... I assume the book is crap, you know, yeah. and that's, I think they did a good job that they exposed a lot of snobbery, yes. and uh, Foley's book, again, if you've not checked out Have a Nice Day, you're not just missing one of the best wrestling books, that is one of the best books, yes. period, that is a fucking fantastic biography, if you're a fan of sports biographies or biographies in general, check out Have a Nice Day, uh, Rock coming out as well, uh, as soon as he came out, I was like, you know what, Steve Austin, we, he's he's not missed. No, he's not. Because The Rock is just that extra level. The spot now. has been filled. It'll be nice when he comes back, but until then, let's enjoy the ride. And you know what, The Rock literally just comes out and the crowd explode like yeah. it's the great... It's not as if he's running in, like, oh my god, The Rock is here. It's like, no, The Rock is coming out. Here he is. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's great to see someone who's that over. Can you explain to me, or attempt to explain to me, why Billy Gunn insists on wrestling a t-shirt in this match? This is like a recurring thing with him now. Is it body image? I don't know. I really don't know. I have no idea. There's no reason for it, because it's not like he's, got, you know, fat or anything He's not. Like he's, 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 he's out, of the, out of him, X-Pac and Road Dog. he is by far in the best the shape. Most, yeah, I just don't get it. Do not understand it whatsoever. Lots of tags. Mix gets worked over quite a bit. We cut backstage as Ma Mankind is in kind of like dire straits, being worked over by X-Pac, and uh, Al's there talking to heads, like, oh, we need him and all mm. this stuff, and it's like, uh-oh, is Al going to go crazy again? Because yeah. that is very much a possibility. Uh, Bronco Buster attempt gets reversed into Mr. Socko, which is a really cool spot, but uh, X-Pac gets a low blow. Hot tag to the rock! Um, I don't know if we, Adam's not here. I don't know if we can you know do this justice or not. But that was a spicy well, hot tag. It was a very spicy hot tag. Oh, it, was a, it was a double hot tag as well. Double hot, I imagine. Gun um, tagged in as well. So you know we've got Gun and Rock coming towards each other, and we know that Billy Gun is a pretty good hot tag. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you know when you were playing Rock Paper Gun <laughs> that Rock always beats Gun. <laughs> but I was I was expecting a little 
bit more from it. So because Billy Gunn, you know, is is great of a hot. Can't be like a Dragon Ball Z, like they're both coming like yeah. Just just Rock just clatters the shit out of him. They run to each other. There's just this giant kind of Akira like atomic bomb explosion, (laughs) and then all that's there is a small pool of red sauce (laughs) with little herbs and stuff in it, like you know. There was a spicy hot tag. Very spicy hot tag. Yeah, action breaks down. Kane heads outside, goes after X Pac. Uh, we get the rock bottom to Mr. Ass, but then Al Snow comes out with head and destroys all of DX with them. And all of a sudden, DX win via DQ, and the rock is incensed. The face he pulls is. I've never seen the rock look oh. so angry. It's. Uh, I don't know who the hell you think you are. <laughs> this is the first time the rock has actually looked at Al in the face the yeah. entire night. Still but, doesn't uh, know who he is. And it's kind of, again, one of these like slightly like disheartening situations where the rock beats the shit out of Al, gives him yeah. people's elbow, and Foley's kind of like, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a great, great angle, great match. Yeah. Short, but effective. Everyone is over as crazy as hell. Um, what do you reckon now? Al Snow seemingly getting a bit of a rub. Rock, Mick Foley, these are big names. Yeah, I, I don't know where this is going to go, but from a storyline perspective, I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes for Mick. Yes. Because now Mick's going to have to kind of choose between the guy who's always been there for him and the guy who's a very sort of selective friend. Yeah. He'll only be your friend if there's something he can get, You're sort of more, get out of it. You know, it is, it is something, again, which I think, you know, a lot of kids watch it's this. It's very real. Match. It's very real, very relatable. It's like, hey, do I go with my obviously much cooler, more popular friend who's a dickhead to me? Yeah. Or do I go with, like, my weird friend who's really loyal, but, you know, everyone thinks he's a freak. Yeah. You know, it's, it's actually, yeah, really good writing here. Um, great stuff. It's nice to see Rock and Sock get another wrinkle like this. And it's not just all comedy. you got some really intriguing stuff coming up with these guys now. Alrighty, fun match. Coming backstage, Burpee Ray. Good Lord almighty. Yeah. He, is, he has had a lot of beer to drink. Shoot beer. Shoot beer. <laughs> he has got shoot windy pops. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, he does a stutter. Yeah. And, uh, a little one he does a little stutter and then Farouk says he will kick his ass if he doesn't stop stuttering and then Bubba has the line of the night where he says Farouk you don't know me well enough to shove anything up my ass <laughs> <laughs> this is like, so serious I love that because it's like you know in wrestling back then people went on about shoving stuff in each other's asses yeah. all the time and it's like you know, someone came out once, I forget, it might have been Undertaker or someone who's like The Rock just comes out and says he's going to pull a lot of stuff up people's ass and yeah. cheer that it's like man it was asses and stuff going into them was a heavy theme in the late nineties. <laughs> you say lying out there with, with, with stuff going up his ass. Uh, I think shortly thereafter, Devon has got a contender for line of the night where he goes, "Hey Farouk, we may be your enemy, but we sure as hell ain't the public enemy." Yeah, I mean Bradshaw just goes, "Huh, they're dead." Yeah, because you, <laughs> you you killed him. You killed him dead. You killed the public enemy. So we're back then with the Dudley boys who are still playing cards with the acolytes. And Bubba bets it all. Yeah. He uh, puts all his money on the table, all his coins, glasses, watch, Devon's glasses. Uh, and then wins. He goes all in. He wins because, Billy, he has got six aces. <laughs> you don't do that to the fucking acolytes, do you? Know you? What? In you know what? In my heart of hearts, I wanted to see what the other two suits were. Did, yeah. did Bubba Ray like make up his own one? Like, you know, the ace of smiley face. <laughs> you know, the ace of Pepsi logo. Like, I mean, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, the six aces does not sit well with the acolytes and we get ourselves a genuine, honest to goodness barroom brawl between these two. You can tell it's a little shoot as well because they are legit drunk. Oh, they just fucking throw shit everywhere. <laughs> 
<laughs> rough as hell. Swearing, all of them. They appear to have this fight as well in the locker room from No Mercy on the N64, yeah. with a little, complete with little table and uh, chairs and all that. They batter the shit out of each other. The Dudley boys actually, you know, they are, they, it's not that they get destroyed. Usually what would happen with the Acolytes is they'll kill whoever yeah. messes them over. But the Dudley boys are actually the ones who get pulled off the Acolytes. So, uh, yeah, those Dudley boys, those damn Dudleys are heading up the uh, the rankings. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, some more between these two teams. Yeah, as, as soon as Bubba Ray decides to stop stuttering, we've yes. got uh, a very serious, very um, over team on our hands. Alrighty, are you ready for a wedding? Oh, yes, I am. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. We cut to a quick copy of the ad that they actually placed in US Day today, which is the Otest and Stephanie invite you to their wedding. Love it, love that, you know. That's yeah. uh, that's some old-time Bill Watts shit right there, man. We start off with our wedding. It's um, For me, I remember the time, it was my first wrestling wedding, so... I was like, are they going to do it in a chapel? And we're going to see backstage? Yeah. But they... I always thought, you know what? A wrestling ring can be made up very well with yep. the flowers and the bows and everything. It looks awesome. And uh, they do treat it like it's a proper formal ceremony and the oh, crowd definitely. are all like kind of hushed and all but, like, that. But it's brilliant as well. Like They have all the uh, the bridesmaids coming out with the groomsmen. Yes. Coming out one by one. So you've got Edge, Sean <laughs> Stasiak. The yeah, Stasiak who comes out with two ladies as well. What a ladies, man. When all the guys are coming out, like you mentioned, you got Meese, Edge, Christian. Uh, Dilo gets, he comes out, he gets a serious pop. Yeah, he does get a pop. He gets a, you you shouldn't be here, pop. You deserve yeah, better. You deserve Sad. better. You do deserve better, Dilo. And then we have the Stooges coming out with Moolah and May. Shane comes out with Linda. Um, this is actually really weird. One of the very, very few times, one of only two or three times, when all the McMahons are on the same page. Yeah. No one's feuding with anyone. No, no one's fighting. No one's fighting. No one's slapping anyone or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, then Test comes out, Billy. He comes out. So everyone's had this nice sort of bridal possession and it was music. respectful it was nice and, and then you know, Tess just comes out to his shit theme music why he comes out he looks so uncomfortable for he the, does for the first time honestly in this entire angle he looked because you know most of the time he's worked well with Stephanie mm. they've had pretty good chemistry he's been believable but there was something about him coming out to that ring music and he's bucketing sweat as well because he's just wrestled not only 20 minutes ago. Yeah. And he's there with his tight collar, fucking bright red head, looks like he's about to explode. I felt sorry for him. Yeah, I did feel sorry for him. And maybe it was just kind of like them trying to really accentuate wedding day nerves and make it feel yeah. like, oh, imagine if you come out and no one reacts to your theme music on your wedding day. Oh, that would be the worst. <laughs> like Vince then comes out with Steph. It was a, it was a nice moment. It was quite sweet. We have the Reverend, who is overseeing tonight's ceremony. Yeah. Very disappointed. Two things about this. One, very disappointed that it was not the Million Dollar Man. Yep. Secondly, very disappointed it was not Slick, who did a tremendous job. A tremendous job. He did a tremendous with job. With AJ and Brian's one. Marriage! <laughs> Marriage! You know, I was also as well expecting maybe for this guy to peel off his face and be Eric Bischoff. It's yeah. not. It's a shoot priest, folks. We we have a band as well. You call them a band. We call them a band. They're just... What is it about you and me reviewing shows where we end up becoming musical critics? Well... They're out of shit. We have a, a band to serenade Stephanie and Test. It's like a love song in, in lieu of ours. I have never seen anything 
in wrestling, but looks more Tim and Eric than this <laughs> than this section of just having the really close up of the two singers, then ha- then just cutting to an extreme close up of uh, Steph's face, and she's got a weird gawky smile. And they both think, "Look, each other going, like, <laughs> here she comes." <laughs> I mean, no, honestly, this thing was was beyond weird. Um, you've got they're way off out of tune, really bad from the get go. Yeah. Honestly, when these guys fired up, I was like. Why are the cherry poppin' daddies? Because yeah. these guys are just like, do, 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 wedding! <laughs> but um, yeah, big pun obviously not available either to provide these. No. Was he dead? Shame. Was he dead at this point? No. Okay. No, he was not. The musical number, for me, it reminded me, it was very Disney. It was very Disney. Aladdin, I was going to say. Yeah, it's a bit whole new world, isn't it? A little bit like just, with the... just them coming out, like have Test and Stephanie flying around on one of Jerry's old jackets. <laughs> 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 but yeah, they, they're there just kind of going together, just you and me forever. And it goes on and on and on. How how come Deadly Games didn't get this many stances? Yeah. Huh? How come this these guys they go on longer than most of the matches tonight? <laughs> Fucking hell. The sweat on test when we get the close-ups of them. He's a sweaty boy. He's like Andrew. Do you? You know they call him Andrew as well because it's, you know it's a shoot and all that. And they cut up to him like, do you take Stephanie to be your lofty one? He's there like, like Big Show, King, <laughs> King of the Ring '99. We went off on Big Show for having a sweaty head. Yeah. Oh man, it's it's pales in he's got, comparison. He's got Big Show head. He has got serious Big Show sweat going on here, and and it, it's it's amazing. We get the crowd popping huge for as soon as the Reverend goes, you know, speak now, forever hold your peace. Anyone opposed this marriage, the crowd starts standing up, kind of. All right, what's going to happen? Yeah. Triple H comes out with a big shitty grin on his face, and like you know, everyone's like, you know, you, he's fired. He's, yeah. He's out of here. He's done, isn't he? Right. Oh man, Would this there segment. Be anyone who has cause. Why this couple should not be united in marriage, they must speak now or forever hold their peace. Andrew, do you take Stephanie to be your wife? Easy, Vince. Now, I know earlier you said that no family member or anybody that wasn't invited should get involved in this, but I really felt that you should take a look at this. I, Hunter, take you, Stephanie. I, Hunter, take you, Stephanie. Uh, for my wife. For my wife. All right. This ring. With this ring. I be way. I promise to love you. Love of God, can't you get that idea? I promise to love you. And honor you. And honor you. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. Okay. Here we go. Stephanie, you place the ring upon She'll his hand. She'll get it for you. Here we go. Okay, she's doing it. Yeah. She's doing it. Uh, yeah. I, Stephanie, take you, Hunter. Uh, for my wife. Uh, for my husband, excuse me
I promise to love, honor, and definitely obey everything you say. Thanks, sir. By the power vested in me by the state of Nevada, here at the Little Watch Chapel, Bible Family, where I do not have to cheat you, my husband, and wife. Woo! You are legally married? Mm-hmm. Hey, King, get that stuff out of the trunk and throw it on the car, would you? Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. But for me, this is one of Triple H's real defining moments as a bad guy. I think I'd agree with you there. This is where you know, like, he's not the kind of, you know, I'm going to beat you, I'm the best wrestler in the world, kind of technical or a powerhouse type guy or, or a sadistic heel. He's, he's a jackass. He's a smarmy bastard. He uses underhanded things. And he really defines himself in this segment. Basically, we cut to Vegas. Yeah. Triple H shows us a little bit of a home video he's made. Yeah, he's just driving around. Can't tell who's filming it but presumably it's a member of DX. Your man for, oh, we find out who the guy is filming it actually shortly thereafter. It was the barman from Stephanie's Oh, oh yes. it all makes sense now, doesn't it? Yes, in this um in the car, we're in Vegas, Triple H has been filmed, and in the seat he he rolls up to the little white chapel and he's like, Hey, look at this, you can get a... you know, you can get married twenty four hours a day. He's like, Oh, it's great because it's across the road from the other you know, gentleman's club. And we look in the car and who's mm. there but a very passed out Stephanie yeah. McMahon. And uh, you know, we don't cut back for reaction shots like stays for this like this the whole time and well, Triple H he he basically does a ventriloquism act, doesn't yeah. he? The best ventriloquism act. I, he's he's really funny here. I like Triple H here. He's he's there like driving through and he's like, Oh my god, look at this, it's the tunnel of love, it's so emotional. Look at those like, chubby get, little chariots. And he starts honking his own like, get your ass out here! <laughs> I wanna get married to this pissed out broad over here. <laughs> oh man, it was hilarious. So yeah, she comes out and he's like, um, do you, Triple H, take her to be your lawfully wedded wife? Yes, I do. Do you, Stephanie, take Triple H to be your lawfully wedded wife? Yes, I do. Oh, oh yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Not a very convincing... Good enough for them, yeah. I suppose. He wants to cut the rest of it, gets the ring on her, gets out of there really quickly. And yeah, we see the barman is... Now Triple H's guys attaches the just married... Oh, God, it's unbelievable. He's driving away in this, you know, the the, the convertible, past out Stephanie man, wedding ring on his finger, just married cans, and he's like... Get a look at the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. And then, yeah, Cretin. we cut back to the ring and, and chaos. Steph crying. Amazing work from her here. Yeah, and all she can say is, I hate you. Like, and that is a, a, such a more realistic thing because you think that with wrestling, they'd really ham it up. Yeah, and. And they really don't here. Yeah, you know, the fact that 
he's known the whole night. Mm. He's known this, and he's he had to sit on it and wait just for the right moment. And then in one of the greatest lines possibly ever, he goes to Vince. I know what you must be thinking, Dad. Not if, but how many times did we? Consummate the marriage, and then Tess... the show ends. He runs. Tess begins to run towards Hunter, <laughs> the and then the show ends. The, the second, like he's like consummate the marriage, Tess is like, "You fucking son of a bitch!" <laughs> and he's yeah, he's off there. Triple H walks through the curtain, and Jr. and King are like, "Oh my god, Triple H has married Stephanie," and it ends. And yeah, wow, that is how you end an episode yes, of Raw. Is. That was fucking mind blowing. I love that angle. It's actually brilliant. It's, it's it's so confusing as well. Like it's such an overreaction on Triple H's part of Vince ramming him with a car. Well, no, it's because I know there's more stuff to it, but that was that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Well, no, you had you know Survivor Series, Vince mm. screwing him out of the belt, and you know before then with the you know SummerSlam, the six pack challenge. Vince has been screwing with Triple H for a yeah. long time, but so you're just kind of like wow. That's thinking outside the box, there. That's, Eric, that's Eric Cartman thinking. Yeah, definitely. That's... You know, it really is. That's a really good way of putting it. <laughs> he married her. I think the fact that this is kind of followed through, and it's the whole thing about like, God, like he's married her. This, yeah. It changes everything. What's Vi- how's Vince going to react? And now you see the next few weeks. It's really upsetting because you know the family that have been so strong now. You know, uh, Shane is distraught. Test is completely like, you know, the family have nothing to do with each other anymore. Vince is gone off the deep end. We'll yeah. see Vince in Armageddon. He takes this badly. Stephanie is now starts a quest to get the marriage annulled, and the whole time yeah. Triple H is like, <laughs> you're my wife. <laughs> what do you think of the angle overall, Billy? Um, really enjoyed it. One of the like, better raw moments of all time, I think. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, um, it, it's very memorable as well because I, I knew about I knew about this storyline before uh, before we started the podcast, yeah. but I hadn't seen the full video and all the build up to it. So. It's quite a long segment. It's longer than they usually recap it. Yeah, anything, but, but it's yeah. Uh, it's a really really good storyline and real I good really shock. Look, I really look look forward to seeing where. It's gonna go for so many different characters. It's a real shakeup, like for yeah, the whole. Yeah, it's not just gonna affect a few characters. It's not just gonna affect Triple H and Vince. It affects the entire McMahon family. All of DX. It affects Test. Yeah. Affects DX. Everyone. Stooges, the McMahon family. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And I would say that I don't know if this is something that had been planned out beforehand, but obviously, um, in terms of the first big, just kind of like boom, pop a rating, massive angle, everyone's gonna be talking about it. I think post Russo, this is the first big kind of like, oh shit, you will not believe what yeah. happened on Raw. And you know, before there was Twitter and people reacting within every five seconds, I remember being in the schoolyard after this one and telling friends, kind of going, well, you know the wedding? You're not going to believe what happened, man. <laughs> and good God in heaven, this was uh, this was something that was reenacted with action figures for many years to come. Oh, man, I had to say, I had an absolute blast recapping this episode of Raw. We're not going to do Match Tonight MVP because no, you know, it's it doesn't really make sense. Um, really great. A lot more toned back, a lot more mature almost, a lot yeah. more like a wrestling show than the you know the January Raw which we reviewed yeah. which obviously had Mankind and plus it's always kind of trumps it because there was no miscarriage storyline yeah that kind of or Shawn Michaels didn't go through uh, windshields yeah. or Median wasn't in a sex dungeon yeah. uh, this is like you know it's, it's hard to go up with a new idea in wrestling Mar- yeah. marrying the boss's daughter and that's the brilliant thing is that the whole point of this angle was that Vince would never let someone marry his daughter you know that's like in, in for real life like that was like a thing it's like oh Vince would never let 
his, his daughter get married by one of the boys. Yeah. That's just not going to happen. And this angle was, to an extent, a playoff of that. Obviously, Triple H and Stephanie get married for real later yeah. on. This, at this point, they had no real interactions in that and any things. Just a great twist on things. Yeah. Taking some of the real and mixing up with, with the kayfabe. Vince McMahon has got, he's literally his most hated enemy in the world, Triple H has married his daughter. And this is the difference between Triple H and Austin now or anyone else. Austin, you know, Austin would not marry. No, Austin would have never done anything like that. Yeah, Austin, like, you know, the biggest feud that he had with, with, with Vince, he wouldn't marry his daughter. But there you go, that's going to do it. I think we both agree this was an absolute pleasure to watch. Yeah, really, really good. Right. If you've never seen it, by any chance you haven't seen it, watch it. Definitely. It is the 29th of November episode of Raw, and it was an absolute blast. It's obviously got the big wedding angle, but overall, you've got a lot of really cool angles in there as well. Rock and Mick Foley's interaction with Al Snow are great. DX on top form. Great in-ring promo from Triple H. Um, you know, a lot of quick, fast-paced matches. And uh, a nice main event as well with the six-man tag. Yeah, really nice. Definitely check this one out. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Attitude Era podcast bonus episode. Thank you so much for listening in. And as always, the best way to keep in touch with us, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at AE Podcast. Head on over to facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Give us a like. Check out the fan art folder. There's been some amazing stuff from people. It's oh, it's, it's, it's a lot of really funny stuff in there. To the man who superimposed my head over, <laughs> over your man from Father Tego, and I hear your massages now, Jeff. Thank you very much. And also, the man, uh, Marsh, who came up with uh, Bam Bam Bibolo. Yeah. To the level of comedy. That was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely outstanding. Yes, check out Facebook.com for slash Attitude Podcast youtube.com slash AE podcast subscribe check out our videos there we've made a new uh, kind of a promo video for the commentary track which we've released yeah had a lot of goofs on there a lot of fun with that we had a lot of fun making it check out our vines as well that's linked to the twitter account we mentioned earlier and if you like stuff and things as per usual check out botchamania.com where we put up posts there regularly and then also check out Calling Spots. Kevin's got an article in the latest issue, as well as a picture from our own Adam Bibolo. And a fantastic crossword and other great articles in there. It's twopoundscallingspots.com. The best way, as always, to support this podcast, as well as telling a friend, is leaving a rating or review on iTunes. Uh, thank you to everyone who's done so, so far. Thanks for spreading the word via mouth. We've passed our one-year anniversary. We've passed 3,000 followers on Twitter. It's absolutely amazing. Thank you, everyone, for helping us spread the podcast. It's been awesome. And finally, 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 if you've heard Steve Austin plugs, I'll promise I'll stop doing them after this episode. <laughs> if you want to help support the podcast monetarily, you got a couple of pounds rattling in your pocket, head over to selfie.com slash podcast. Beyond the Matt commentary track, we've had exceptionally good reviews from people who've checked it out so far. Yeah. We had a blast making it. Available now for three pounds. Beyond the Matt. Check it out, selfie.com slash AE podcast. But for now, it's going to be a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Billy. And we'll catch your ass down the road. Life was like a shot. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a title shot. You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want your title shot? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the title shot. You can't handle the title shot. That they may take our lives, but they'll never take my title shot. Obi Wan never told you what happened to the title shot. He told me enough. He told me you killed him.
No. I am your father. Final shot. 